from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, you are listening to the Walkertown Report. Hello, welcome to the Walkertown Report's very first podcast ever. I'm recording this. Um, I'm recording this one instead of live streaming it, but I do intend for the next podcast to be live. So stay tuned uh, uh, for that information. And I would think uh, my guest here uh, for the first podcast is uh, Renato Claret Tranquilino. Uh, did, did I pronounce that right? Yes, you did, sir. Thank you. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm uh, grateful to be in your show. And uh, so, so Renato has written a book, uh, Fate of a Distant Future, which uh, postulates of a future time when there would actually be um, moon, mining on the moon and uh, Manila or the Philippines would be a capital of that. And this week, when I saw William Shatner go off into space, I thought of your book because... <laughs> Well, this would be just the beginning, just to get people used to going up there and get, you know, yeah. enjoying space. Well, what did you think? What was going through your mind when you saw uh, uh, William Shatner on, on the uh, shuttle there? Well, it, it kind of reminded me of um, uh, Star Trek First Contact. I mean, of uh-huh. course, they didn't launch into a, they didn't r- launch a hyperdrive or a, sorry, a light drive or um, a warp engine drive. Uh, at the time, at this time, but uh, it mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of that, that, uh, you know, it was like a one small step for sci-fi fans, giant leap, I mean, you know, <laughs> for all of us, that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, Shatner, I mean, like from the, the days old, uh, you know, uh, Star Trek, um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, mm-hmm. Better late than never, uh, you know, like, because we're in 2021 now, and everyone, as sci-fi geeks, are kind of expecting that uh, we would have been already on the moon um, 20 years ago, you know, uh-huh. um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's getting there, and, uh, and, and I, I'm part of uh, Jeff Bezos and all, uh, Elon Musk and, uh, of course, Richard Branson for making the efforts to actually get out there and, and, and show that there's more to space and, and the moon and than just looking at it from, from a distance, you know. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of naysayers about about those guys and, and how their resources would be better used for, mm-hmm. you know, social, uh, impo- social community improvement sort of thing. But I, I think... Uh, it's it's they're showing the world um, where we ought to be. I mean, mm-hmm. to alleviate the social problems like hunger, um, and all this poverty. Perhaps you know, like going off world mm-hmm. uh, is is what needs to be done. Um, I mean, you see this kind of thing with our OFW here in overseas foreign workers that are Filipinos, right? We have to venture out into yes. places that we, we we don't necessarily share any, any um, commonalities with uh, and work there. 
Mm-hmm. Right? The risks inherent with that, uh, you know, we've got to do it because, you know, the salaries here of, of uh, local workers are just not enough uh, at times to, to feed the family of three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and, and uh, of course, you know, to get a decent education uh, and experience, I mean, sometimes you just need to, to go and do that. And my dad worked in Bahrain for three years. Um, uh-huh. you know, we only saw them like once a month, uh, once once a year uh, for a month. So, you know, things like that. Uh, you may not. Um, you, you mean in in the case of say working in the moon, uh, the risk would be high. So the people or the the, the heads of families that might end up going there, uh, you may not see them for like, you know. Once uh, or every, you can only see them maybe once every two years because of the cost of traveling back and forth, and also the inherent risk. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I was thinking that the price. I don't know the price of these tickets would be to go into space, but it's like, so let's say for most let's say for most billionaires, you know, at first I was very critical of it, but now I'm thinking, well, what if the children of billionaires have like this routine thing in their lives now where they go up into space, they see the Earth. Do you think that maybe the cumulative effect might make, you know, their heads start to think, hey, wow, there's some fragility here. We better start really taking care of it. I think, I think this, this, um, um, I think what we're seeing now is more of a, an introduction of a your appetite, but eventually I don't think that kind of space uh, uh, space tourism um, will be um, profitable. Um, uh-huh. What I think will happen will be something that I've described in my book. Um, I mean, if, if, you, if you see this, oh, wow. this, this is called the Sky Elevator. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, I like that. Yeah, Japan has already, like, I think, started doing some work on that, and whereby the city actually hovers around just just outside the exosphere, which is about 500 kilometers up in, 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 in you know, off the Earth, mm-hmm. 500 plus kilometers off the Earth. So it, it follows the, it's extended to, um, to Earth, right, to wherever you are. Say, let's, let's take, for instance, my place, Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. here in Manila. So... The, the space, the, the, the floating space city will be tethered. And so what, what you would just do is go up and down on a, like an elevator. Like goods, people, and all that would be just up and down. And then once you're up there, you, you can experience, experience weightlessness or they can generate some sort of electromagnetic um, mm-hmm. simulation of gravity so that you're not constantly floating. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some sort of gravity there. Um, but I think that would be more the way to do it, um, it, you know, in the long run, so that you're mm-hmm. not having to use fossil fuel all the time to to burn, you know, burn. Right. Yeah. Just minutes of time. Uh-huh. In your book, um, one of the industries was mining on the moon. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Mining minerals and all that, and that's something that I wasn't aware aware of. I mean, as far as the possibility, uh, could you explain maybe a little bit about your research and what you found out about them? Do you really think that it's really going to be uh, that's going to be one thing we're going to be doing is mining on the moon? A, a lot of it has already been done. A lot of the, the studies have already been done by NASA. Uh, yeah. And what I mean, NASA has been mining. Uh, no, they have actually taken rough samples there, and they found uh-huh. these um, minerals and gold. Um, oh, that's right. So there's a lot of things that NASA has already done, like uh, back in the '70s. Um, as you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Apollo missions that went up there and, and gotten samples uh, of rocks, um, and and they found that it's worthwhile actually mining on the moon and and even possibly setting up. Uh, a colony there for mining because they also found some pockets of water like, mm-hmm. uh, um, or ice that they can throw into water and then, you know, like yeah, support life. Uh, but effectively I think what they're going to use the moon for is um, a, a jump point to Mars. Uh, and then of course like then from Mars, where there's a more abundant supply of um, of water, you know, for, for fuel and, and whatnot, and also other minerals, like the mining, mm-hmm. they can then jump off onto the asteroid belt. So that's that's the big thing, I, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that they're gunning for because of the... Imagine gold as in massive clumps of rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, the, the the size of a house or something like that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the kind of things that that will really like um, alleviate, you know, if you could think of that uh, poverty, like uh, in, in in you know in, in third world countries here, mm-hmm. you know, they can get on there and and uh, you know do some mining. So I mean. You know, maybe I'm I'm being a bit hopeful at, at that, but uh, certainly it's it's going to open up a lot of new industries and um, opportunities for people to to find employment. Now, now in your book, one of the characters wasn't one of your characters a descendant of Bill Gates. <laughs> um, yeah, um, as you know, there's always going to be these. The people that you are seeing now, um, like, may not necessarily be the, the, the same, the, the same, uh, people that you, you'll meet in the future, but, um, certainly there will be these personalities that would be descendants from, I mean, we're talking like thousands of years here in between. Right. So you think, you think that after many millennia, they will still be remembered like we remember Galileo and people from the past? Correct. Um, I think there will be direct descendants, clear direct descendants from these people going forward in the future because um, because of the technology that we now have, the, the record-keeping capability right. that, that we have, the cloud systems that we have. Uh, and pretty soon we're going to have uh, quantum computers, which are, I, I refer to them as quantum computers. Q U A N Q U A N computers. Uh, uh-huh. So 
you know, which, which has a capability that surpasses. It's like, I, I think the closest thing, and, and people probably can agree with this, is like going from, remember the, you know, in our time, the 486? Uh-huh. The 38, let's go back. 386, <laughs> 386s, and, and then you skip from that into like the Xeon, Xeon computers like now, which are the, or, or even the predatory laptops, you know, that is gaming. Right. So, so that kind of level of, of, um, uh, of technological leap, and then you times that by maybe another hundred. Right. You know, uh, this seems to that I, I, I don't want to go into too much detail on this, but this really would be an interesting point. Um, work at home is like, you know, big now because of the pandemic, the lockdown and all that. I myself am, am working at home. Mm-hmm. What I never counted on is the fact that a company computer, <laughs> I almost wonder if it's taking on a personality of its own and trying to take over, you know? I mean, uh, if I go on this computer while not on business hours, of course, that could result in a very serious uh, fine and all that. Uh, and then, of course, there's a schedule I, m- I must maintain, again, in my own condo. I can't leave here to go to my own bathroom because I must stay here at the system. And it just got me thinking, well, you know what? This reminds me of a skit. It was about 1984, and basically everybody was living and working in their own home. Nobody went out. And I just realized, wow, I'm like 1984, except the communists haven't taken over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, what they're doing now, and you've probably seen it, is the deep fakes. Uh, you've uh-huh. seen deep fakes, but they're, they're, they're making celebrities say, say things, but it's not them that's saying it, so it's just a uh, computer animation. Right. You know, so, so they're able to move the mouth of, of say, Tom Cruise, like, to, to say stuff. doing that to any of us right now and and having having an AI that's like that has a mindset of a ten year old um, cover for you once you've gone to the you, you go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. For instance. If you're if you have an issue of of like, you know, hey, you, you can't leave your desk as you're broadcasting because of rules. Well technically you haven't. Because there's like right. a ten year old the ten year old you with your face still interacting with people Watch go for a break on five minutes or ten minutes. So, so difference. Yeah, it 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 could be a very real point that technology will get in, and maybe it's there. But I I think I can if I look hard enough, I think I could tell. Okay, there's something wrong with that video. You know, I can kind of detect that maybe there might be something. But you know, it's gonna. You, you, no, think, no, you think it's to the point that you can really fool a lot of people now with video that you can't really trust video by itself? Uh, yes. Uh, like, um, there was, um, uh, I don't know if it was Apple or, um, or Google, 
that uh-huh. had a um, conference and they demonstrated live how they had an AI system with a brain of a 10-year-old like talk to somebody on the phone. Just basic uh, um, uh, questions, yes-no answers, and, and uh-huh. actually interacting with them. They couldn't, they thought they were talking to a person. Uh-huh. So now if you tap on, say, a quantum computer behind something like like an AI system, so then now you're, you're, you're increasing that capability to someone like a 20-year-old, maybe. Uh-huh. So now you're talking to a 20-year-old. Um, so how how can you detect the, 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 the... I mean, the only way is... I don't even... If, if you put a 20-year-old um, Dwayne mm-hmm. interacting with you, how are you going to know, like, uh, just even on visuals, that he's... it's not him? Right, right. I... Yeah. I've played with that, like, okay, with FaceApp, okay? Yeah. Uh, I, I actually downloaded that, and I, I played with that and, you know, took some yearbook photos just to see how they would work. That thing is scary. You could, like, you could take about, like, three or four pictures of yourself in different parts of the room and make them four different characters, and nobody would be able to tell the difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to come to the point too, where and and this is what's probably scaring actors uh, when when uh, you know especially now in the pandemic and and, and with lives uh, with with online streaming services uh, it be, and and then you know you got the deep fake. Why would mm-hmm. you need to to hire actors when you can create actors from nothing, right? And make them interact the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the same with audio books. You know, audio books, uh, I there's a program there. You can, If you can just get somebody to just read a few lines in there, um, then you can use AI to make your audio book. You know, it will be more cheaper than, say, getting a studio. Yeah. Um, so, which, which, by the way, is that something you plan on doing, uh, doing uh, an audio book? I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't gone that far. Um, it has been suggested to me. Um, yeah. I may I may consider it for my first uh, for my first book, uh, like just to, to test it out, because um, that one's fairly long. The Merovingian is like five hundred pages. This is just small with some yeah. graphics in it, with some cute uh, pictures in it. Um, but yeah, for my longer novels that that I'll be creating, I I would most likely. Like consider because it, it's another expense in itself because you have to get a um, um, a voiceover person, you know, to 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 nicely narrate the story. Right, um, right. That's um, a, that's the challenge here. That the person who narrates it is almost as important as the contents of the book itself. Sometimes. Yeah, and and would you like uh, special effects on that, uh, like music? Uh, so there, there's all these. I mean, if I was going to do something with, with, um, with that, uh, then I'd, I'd probably would have to get a theme, a uh, musical theme, um, a couple of them, and then the voiceover and maybe special effects. Um, oh. So and then, and then, so that's getting close to creating a movie in your head. Um, mm-hmm. 
and, and to some extent, the first book that I did, I, I tagged it, I, I sort of correlated it with Instagram, uh, so that when people are reading it, they, and they had Instagram open, they can refer to the scenes on the Instagram. So it's like, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, a, a movie, like you're, you're already creating a movie, like, with the help of the Instagram. And, uh -huh. So, so it's a movie in your head. So basically that, that's, that's uh -huh. what I tried to do with the first one. So uh, with this one, the new one, uh, with, with this, it's a bit more of a, a, a graphic, half graphic novel. Um, if we could, if we could like, Oh, okay, that's what it looks like. I, I read the ebook, but I did, I did, this is helping me really finally appreciate, you know, the whole book, yeah. just seeing how it's all laid out and where the pictures yeah. would be. And yeah, so it's going through some final edits right now, but, uh, yeah, these are done by local artists. Uh -huh. um, and uh, the reason why I I use the 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 images is to just um, you know get in, in um, get get in the, the reader's head and uh, uh, implant like the scenes uh, you know um, and then finally like when I was talking about space elevators how it would look uh -huh. you have the inside cover uh, oh that looks nice. Okay, so that took me two and a half weeks to basically draw, uh, and, and, uh, but, but that's basically, like, where I live, uh, 4,000, in, in 4,000 AD, so that area. Right, uh, yeah, sorry. You know what 4,000 AD? Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. so if, if you look at, if you look at the tiny details inside it, you'd see that it's a lot of, uh -huh. like, old buildings, right? Uh -huh. uh, because I, I envision that um, people are going to be living anyway in buildings. Like there's not going to be any more of these houses things. I remember when I was flying into uh, Manila on um, uh, on one of my visits. I think it was my first visit. You know, when, when the sun was out. You know, because I arrived once at nighttime, and then it was when we were leaving that I finally got to look down and appreciate how big those buildings were. I mean. It, do they have building codes out there? Those buildings look pretty huge. They look pretty tall. I mean, you know, <laughs> building codes are sub somewhat subject almost to how much money you got, you know? They were uh, tall, man. <laughs> they were yeah, pretty tall buildings. Yeah. I mean, yes, there are, there are zoning laws here. Uh -huh. um, but when you're building a a big um, building like like that you're referring to the, those kind uh -huh. of old skyscrapers, the, the skyscrapers. Um, yeah, they were definitely skyscrapers. Yeah, you you gotta build them in areas that there's already infrastructure to support those buildings, uh -huh. such as water, electricity, um, you know, um, access to vendors that would service your skyscraper, you know. So you can't you can't build a skyscraper in like my area, for instance, right. um, because the 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 sewage system, the the water may not go high enough to support a hundred uh, sorry uh, a fifty story building. I understand you have an event coming up to promote this. Ah uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, the um, 
Winfred has uh, Winfred Manila Resort and Casino, a, a hotel, a four-star hotel here, um, has been uh, kind enough to actually support me in launching my book in January. Uh, you know, they, they've been a, a, a supporter of the arts for a while now, uh, I think for, for about two years. They, they've been doing some uh, events there for local artists uh, and, and, you know, local authors like me that are promoting, promoting their work. So they've been, they've been really nice about it. And uh, one of the things that that um, uh, that I, they actually stood out uh, with regards to the pandemic was how well they managed the place in terms of uh, the cleanliness. Um, making sure that the place is safe, <clears throat> you know, for, for, for guests that come around. So it's a, it's, it's a decent and, and really pretty venue, you know, when you go, it's like, uh-huh. it's like a gem within, within the city of, of Manila, you know. So, so I, I'm really honored to, to, that they've asked me to, that they, you know, that, um, that, that they're, um, Launch, helping me launch my book again because they did it for my first one. So, so that that was that was really nice. Uh, yeah, it, now the United States just opened up tourism for uh, for for everybody if they uh, as long as they're fully vaccinated. And that was that that was, that was recent. I mean, do you think that the day's going to come when that's going to be happening with the Philippines, or is it still going to be pretty much restricted for a while? They're trying to open up. Um, and, and with the launch in January 22, our backup plan is basically to uh, have it online if we're still not fully opened up. Um, but it, it's hard to say because uh, I don't want to be a, a, a doom uh, a doomsayer here. Like, but in the UK, uh, when when they they they're operating like there's no COVID now, right? And their cases right. are 45,000 per day of infection. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't look at like, um, what, what their death rates are. So, mm-hmm. they're a little bit, they, they, they're not talking about it right now, but I would imagine that if they open up this place completely, then I, it would be at least that, or if not double that per day in the infection rate. And, um, and that, that could be bad, like for the elderly, you see. So they're, they're worried about that. Um, and for our lawmakers, uh, the politicians, uh, it could be bad for them too. And I'm sure they're thinking of that because, um, with the campaign season happening, if you let loose and everybody's just walking around like, like they don't care, um, you could be killing these people, you know? Like right. some of them are comorbidities and, uh, you know, uh, diabetes is a is a big uh, factor in deaths so of a lot of the the, the people here. Um, uh, you know, so it's it, it's hard to say like when it's going to be fully open, and, and that is why um, the online technology and, and all that um, is going to be. Uh, well invested on that a lot, a lot of um, uh, countries going forward probably for another three or four years. So I, don't know. I mean, even though, I mean, the only thing that's like giving me pause on this is that at least in America the deaths are going down. 
okay, and the, the numbers mm-hmm. are dropping. Um, uh, however, uh, at the same time, um, and this was, this was kind of a fear I had a few months ago, I just got the feeling that even if everything opens, it will be more like the world just giving a collective, okay, we can't fight it, so we're just going to open it and live with it kind of thing. You know, well, that's, so, that's what's happening in the UK. So, yeah, uh-huh. they just said, okay, we'll live with it. Now, Sydney, uh, Australia, is um, planning to do the same thing, basically saying, uh, you know, whatever, we'll just we'll just go along with it, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but the problem is there's always, there's always going to be, um, y- you know, um, how many deaths is it going to take before you have to mm-hmm. lock down again? Well, we're, we're averaging like averaging like a hundred, hundred and uh, hundred to a hundred uh, to two hundred deaths a day. Okay, so mm-hmm. if, if that shoots up to five hundred a day, I mean you're gonna have to start looking at um, mass burial sites, right? I mean. You know, how well, that, that, that happened. I mean, that, that, that happened here. We did have mass burial sites in, in the United States in 2020. Yeah. So. Uh, well, we're doing the same thing, and, and we're just not talking mm-hmm. about it. Uh, and, and, you know, why would you talk about it, uh, really? Um, because it's, it's just so depressing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they can't keep the economy locked down, uh, the economy on hold forever with these lockdowns. Uh-huh. Um, so what, it's a fine balance between letting people die and get, getting them, in, or letting them in, get infected. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, and, uh, and protecting them and prolonging their lives, you know, even though it's going to be such a miserable life being locked down. Um, you know, like the, the, the kids, okay, so, so they're saying, like, and I feel bad because I have a little boy, you know, and and um, they can't play with other kids in the street. Right. Right. Now we probably get a lot of people inside, and they're like, oh, well, why don't you just let them? Well, okay. Well, here's a scenario: you let them in. Okay, they get sick. You didn't know it was COVID. They come mm-hmm. back, and then I get sick, and Eleanor gets sick, and then the grandma gets sick. So then, I mean, you know. The, the grandma might die because of the, the comorbidity uh-huh. or whatever, you know, because it, the COVID is like a traitor, uh, an, an assassin. It, it will get you where it hurts, you know. Um, right. And so you, you're like, you're, you're like uh, spreading, you're, you're going to make the kids feel guilty. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. You, you kind of restrict them playing, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. even I have comorbidity because I have I have asthma, so I, I'm, I'm I have a good chance of dying if, if I do contract it. But uh-huh. there are times I still have to go and do some errands and things like that, and, and so I go out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that are catching it are the ones that are going into groups and and uh, you know socializing and whatnot. Um, because they feel that they have to. Uh, people like in marketing or PR or, or in, in just general business where you have to conduct your business. You know? mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that, 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 that happened to me a few weeks ago. I, uh, I decided uh, after many, many months of, you know, being a hermit to take a walk down Fremont Street on Saturday night. I didn't get very far because, uh, you know, I got far a few blocks and then when I got to where there was going to be some performances, well, actually I'm used to pandemic levels and post-pandemic levels Fremont Street when there wasn't anybody on there. But now right. it's getting back to the point where like, I remember uh, pre-COVID, I, we went to see KC and the Shun- Sunshine Band. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah and right. you had to stand like this through the whole time. You were shoulder to shoulder with people. If anybody even tried to dance, you'd knock over their beer. I mean, it was like, it was packed. And I looked at that, and I realized, oh, my God, we're getting back to KC and the Sunshine Band level. And right. I just thought, you know, it's uh, it's time to go back now. <laughs> It's it's kind of it comes down to this. It's like um, if you don't if you don't have anyone else that you can infect at home, mm-hmm. uh, then you are more than welcome to party, uh-huh. and there are lots of people that party. But if you are like someone who's young and a teenager, and you're partying, your parents are healthy. And you don't care because you, you know, you've, you've gone through COVID, you had it, whatever, and you're uh-huh. fully vaccinated or even not vaccinated, but it doesn't seem to affect you. When you do get it and you're asymptomatic and you go off and visit some elderly folks that mm-hmm. happen to be friends of your parents or something like that, you can be killing them. I've been, I've been, I've been in places them. here. I've been in places here in Vegas where sometimes everybody's wearing a mask, other times, you know, they're just kind of just flagrantly ignore it. Uh, I mean, like, there's not really a mandate. Uh, and I, I think uh, I could probably get away without wearing a mask and no one would stop me. Of course, I'm not doing that, but I could probably do that. Uh, how are they doing that in the Philippines? Are they uh, pretty strict about uh, They're very strict here. I mean, it's like military level. Like, um, you know, if you get spotted without a mask, uh, even on the street, they'll stop you. If you uh-huh. don't put it on, They'll, they'll, they'll hold you into the precinct, you know. Uh-huh. So it's very militaristic, very similar to Sydney. Uh, when uh-huh. you go into, when you, when you go into, um, uh, say the malls, okay, so you must have a mask on. You must even have a face shield. Now, I mean, I, there's some contra- controversy with like the face shields here, but they even require you to have that, like going uh-huh. into the mall, okay. Um, uh-huh. So they're, they're very strict here in, in, in terms of that, those, those sort of uh, protocols, like uh, right. COVID. Um, but un- unfortunately, you know, um, when you start to loosen things up, like the, the, the cinemas are now open, okay? Mm-hmm. We're now like down to a, uh, a, a slow opening where it includes gyms, I believe, and and, and um, theaters. Okay. So, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, when people hear that it's open, naturally they're going to rush in there. People mm-hmm. with COVID and no COVID are going to go in because they want, they, they, they're sick of like staying at home. I, I, I think so. In fact, according to the collected wisdom on YouTube, the only way I can get into the Philippines right now is if I'm going to get married online to a Filipina or if I'm going to fill out retirement papers, <laughs> then I can <could> yes. come. 
<laughs> but, but other than that, I, I can't do it like I did the last time where really I had a visa and I just bought a ticket and that was it. That's that's about that's about right. Um, like right now, it's um, it, they're very they they, they can't they can't uh, um, they can't allow Americans to, to even come here because you guys are not on the green thing, oh. whatever. And they have the no green. argument from me on that. So yeah, but, but that's not going to last. I, I think they have to open up. I mean, they're having the same issues with um, uh, supply runs. Um, uh, Cargo ships, okay. They're mm -hmm. not. They're not letting them like freely dock. Uh, that you have to have all sorts of uh, clearance or medical clearance and whatnot. Uh -huh. um, now that's that's causing problems for the economies of all countries, okay? Because uh -huh. the trade is kind of suffering. That that's well, unsustainable. So they're gonna they're gonna like kill that too. That they're just gonna open everything up. And, and then it will be up to you to want to gamble your health right. um, in, in the scheme of things. Uh, and, and it'll just be like that. It'll just be like 19, oh, what is it, 1920s? Right, 1920s. Um, uh -huh. when, when, when everything had to open up. Uh, and there were no vaccines then for the flu, right? So mm -hmm. they, it just eventually died a natural death because the uh, the virus just uh -huh. kept mutating and killing people, and eventually, like uh, everybody built an immunity to it. Okay. Uh -huh. So that's that's effectively where we're heading at, heading towards too. Uh, there will be better medication, uh -huh. uh, but, but what I'm but in my in my book, I, I sort of said that what if. And, and uh, you, you had a pandemic, you had a massive earthquake that destroys a, a major city like Manila, and then you had a financial collapse as a result of that, because there's just so many people that, that, mm -hmm. that would die, die. Uh, and the structural damage and whatnot. Um, you know, like, what what happens then? I mean, when, when, when the trickle of support, like, for mm -hmm. the country, not enough to rebuild it from from uh, such a, such a disaster, combination of disasters, and uh, and then, and yeah, that 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 sets up the premise for my first story in the book, uh -huh. which which is that the country had to set, uh, rent off part uh -huh. of its uh, sovereign land. Well, now when is that? Um, before before uh, we wind up wind up here. Where, 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 when? When is that promotion that you're having for your book? Oh, okay. Uh, so there's a soft one, um, which is just like um, I'm just going to be doing a media blitz on on November first, which is the release of the okay. ebook. Um, also, around that month, there will be the release of all the the um, uh, the the book will be available in in certain uh, um, like online online shops. Uh, a bookstore that, that, that I love, Solidaridad, which is a, a famous bookstore here. I mean, I'm so grateful to be in there, to be one of their, one of their um, vendors, uh, one of their clients, uh, authors that, that they're selling the books of. Um, you know, and, uh, and then finally the, the, the real thing with, with media and, and all that will be on, on January uh, around January 
that late January. Um, okay. We haven't finalized it, but, but basically the book is out on November 1st. So you'll, you'll find this title, uh, Faith of a Distant Future on Amazon. Okay. And then, um, and, you know, uh, so November 1st is, is the, uh, is the date that's going to be out. And then there's also a paperback there, uh, if for those that, that want to get the hard copy. Um, and I believe that's in color, and so you'll see the pictures in color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll also have the local copies here, like for, for people to buy in, in, in the Philippines. Um, so, so that's, this is specially, it's gonna be raised. So this, the, the local copies will be, okay. will have this part raised. Oh wow. So, um, and, and it's meant to be, the way I designed it, it's meant to be able to sit next to magazines and like our coffee tables or something like that for people just to, to read. So it's presentable enough to, to be like, um, to, to, to get in there with the magazines and whatnot. So, uh-huh. so in dentist's office or, um, you know, yeah, airplanes, airplanes, uh, anyway. yes, exactly. <laughs> like this, you know, you can, you can read it in, in, you could probably finish reading it in a day, you know, if you're traveling. Mm-hmm. So airlines, you know, can, can get it and, and it'll be great for kids to, to, to read as well, like going through that, like, um, uh, place. Uh, go, go, um, sorry. Great for people traveling and sh- either short trips or uh, international trips. So Philippine uh-huh. Airlines, like, you know, uh, Air Asia, so, so this kind of place. Great. Cebu, Cebu Pacific. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, I, I think it's it's just a, a great thing to to. to I, I just it's nice short read, lots of things to think about mm-hmm. uh, as you read it. Well, we're excited to hear, hear your progress uh, as this, as this goes. So you will know, definitely be keeping in touch. And and the next time, of course, you know when we try this, it'll be live, and I'll work through all the kinks on this and. Uh, you know, but I do want to thank uh, Renato for being on my very first uh, experimental podcast uh, here at the Walkertown <laughs> Report. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Walkertown Report. Links to any product discussed on the Walkertown Report may be found in the description. If you do not have access to the description, please visit walkertown.com for more information. Thank you for listening to the Walkertown Report.